How are you? I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. I'm so relaxed. I know. I I'm am going relaxed. at a, like a slower pace now after after finishing the course. I'm realizing, oh, I'm just I'm working, yeah. but I'm just going at a nicer, slower yeah. pace. I know. So this is episode 91 of Art Juice. This is honest, generous and humorous conversations that will feed your creative soul and get you thinking with me, Alice Sheridan. And me, Louise Fletcher. And we are making it up as we go. But this week, this is, this is the bonus. It's all live. You get it as it's happening. Hot, <laughs> hot news, hot news. No politics this week. No, 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 no. Tell me. How's your week been? What have you been working on? It's been a really good week, actually. It's been um, much slower pace than I've been working for the last six months. So I've been doing things. I've been creating content for my membership and I've been painting. And that's a manageable amount of work, it turns out. Um, I even had time to write a blog post this week, which I haven't (laughs) written a blog post for so long. (laughs) Um, and in, and also lots of painting. So I, I'm just what, really, what does that mean for you when you say lots of painting? How does that, so what does it, that look like in your week? So this, what it's meant this week, if I start on Saturday, it meant four or five hours on Saturday and Sunday, and then a couple of hours on Tuesday, three hours on Wednesday and no, five hours Wednesday, two hours Monday and Tuesday. So yeah. a lot. A lot. To me, yeah. that's a lot. Yeah. Um, and it feels really good. It's, it's, and some of that time was uh, washing out paint lids and making all my paints nice to use again and putting gloss medium and water into them to make them fluid again. So it wasn't all painting, but it was all studio time. But when you have the time available doing things like that, feel like a pleasure rather than a chore don't they and you know that it's going to help you further down the line yeah that's the kind of thing that gets pushed and pushed and pushed and cramped when you're you know when you are limited for time that's the sort of thing that doesn't happen because it feels like you're wasting time or it's not contributing but and then everything ends up feeling like cluttered it's like I'm not very good at putting things away but that's why I like to have time to have a really good tidy up at home because you just feel like oh reset yeah yeah so um so really good and and the painting has been productive as well so that's always nice it's it's like finally I said this for a few weeks now but finally I am moving things forward and finally seeing the kind of things I'd imagined in my head although I couldn't Mm. picture them but the kind of standard I'd wanted I can now see coming and the um and the ideas that I have for presenting this work, ideas towards that and things I have to do for that have been percolating as well. And so there's lots of note writing. There's lots of waking up at four in the morning and sending myself emails to remind myself of something. Um, but all feeling really productive and good. So the only down, slight downside is these railings which are being built outside my building my studio building involve um, welding gear and tools and all sorts of things which are stored in my room and um, I keep working I'm working on a painting on the painting wall stepping backwards and falling over something 
on the floor (laughs) and then cursing. (laughs) But that will eventually be over. It turns out that um, making metal railings is much more of a palaver than I realised it was. Good thing you don't have to do it every day then, isn't it? Yes. So if anybody's thinking about having metal railings outside their house, just be aware of how long it takes. (laughs) So I like, I like, well, I just like what you said though, about when you said, um, I know I've been saying this for a few weeks, but it feels like I'm getting to a resolution. And I think that's worth flagging up again for all of us is that I don't know why, but we often expect that, you know, you do the work and you get to a finish point quickly and often you don't. It is just this edging, 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 closer and closer until finally you get there. And it does actually feel really nice when you can accept that. I mean, that's one of the nice things without working without a particular deadline can be hard to keep yourself on track. But when you feel that at least if that's the direction that you're moving in, doesn't matter if it's going to take a little bit of time to get there, does it? No, no, it's, it's, yeah. I mean, I did have my moments, as you know, and I've talked about on here in this last year and a half or two years where I was like, what am I even doing? Mm. And this is never going to be anything. And I Mm. don't even think, and all the things we think, I don't even think I am a painter. I think I'm just a fake. This, you know, the few things I did that were okay were a fluke. I'm never going to do it again. And I had all those feelings and now getting to this point where, yeah, I've still got lots that aren't resolved, but I've got probably 10 to 12 and we're talking, I had 40 to 60 things on the go if I could take all the paper and boards. So probably 10, 10 that are resolved or almost resolved. And after all that time, that is such a relief. I can't Mm. even tell you. It's like, okay, so I can still do this, at least to my own satisfaction. Doesn't mean anyone else is going to like it, but at least to what I want to do, I can do this. And and having a goal in mind of how I'm going to progress, which I'm not going to be secretive about forever, but um, it just, it's giving me the impetus now and new ideas for the way to resolve things. And it's just, yeah, it's been really good. So I almost want to touch wood when I say this, because I don't want bad things to come down on me, but. We we just have to learn patience, don't we? Patience with ourselves. It is. I did an Instagram post about that because I wanted to say to people, you know, when you're saying to yourself, I can't do this, I can't do this. Yeah. You can't do this today, but that doesn't mean you can't do it tomorrow or the next day or at some point in the future, you will be able to do it. You just, but that some people get to the point of, I can't do this and give up. And I've done that in the past. I was listening to a fantastic thing this morning. I I woke up too early, you know, before I wanted to get up and out of bed. And um, so I was listening to to something on my headphones and it was about this. And I know we've talked about this before, but this gap, but it was talking about this desire between, you know, where you are now and your feeling about where you want to be and about how that's what gives you the, the momentum. And I think we are impatient to rush it. And it's in that process that all the good stuff happens. And it's, it's very difficult because I think, you know, we are impatient. We do want good things to happen. We do. But also what we're talking about this week, thank goodness we have variety, you know, like 
we're recording this on the 1st of October. Thank goodness we're going into autumn. Isn't it lovely? The trees are going to change. The weather's changing. It's really good. You know, by the end of November, we'll be fed up with it. And then we'll be looking forward to spring. But thank goodness we have this variety and this ups and downs. And we have it in our work too. You know, the stretching towards something and then the pace when you're in the middle of it. And then when you bring it to the end, it's really nice, but it's a very difficult thing. And I think you're right. If you keep telling yourself, I can't do it, it will never happen. That's the story that just keeps reiterating and that's going to keep you held back rather than mm. the story of, well, I'm just going to keep turning up and working and I'm moving towards this, moving towards this, whatever the new thing is going to be, that's where you want your energy to be. And it's, that's what I've been focusing on this week. So that's why this was the purpose of what I wanted to talk about. All I've continued to do this week, really, every single day is trying to focus on what is going to feel good to do today to get done today and to have happened by the end of the day and it's really interesting how actually in some ways I've been more productive this week than I mean think it doesn't mean that things haven't happened don't, don't get it doesn't mean that I'm doing nothing but it just means that it's it's an easy it feels like an easier process of getting things done like I figured out um you know, you know how Facebook's just changed everything in September, adding a product to the Facebook shop yesterday. And I did it at half past 10 at night on my phone because I felt like doing it then. And, you know, if it had been a big list of things to do, that would have felt a drag. But because I was like, yeah, it's half past 10, I'll just have a go doing that now just while I'm changing my cover photo. So there we go. So what has been the, so is the guiding principle if it doesn't feel good? don't do it the guiding principle has been i will feel more motivated to work um both creative work and other work if i focus more on making sure that i feel good first mm -hmm. so the feeling good first has involved all sorts of things like um going out for a run in the middle of the afternoon rather than moving straight on to the next to-do task. Um, some days it has been getting up and going to the studio early in the morning before I've even had a shower and got dressed properly because that's the quickest way to get myself into action to do that. Um, I have been less focused on, like when I, when I leave there, I leave when it feels like the right time to finish. Um, that's been a much bigger thing now that it's not yeah. at home anymore, the studio, when I go and when I come, that's, that is, that's taken quite a long while, actually, the whole physically moving between those two spaces, particularly given as, um, the mayor of London seems determined to shut down the whole of London by blocking random roads everywhere. <laughs> Why are they blocking roads? I don't know. I don't, <laughs> don't even, it's happening everywhere in London called low traffic neighborhoods but basically what it oh. means is that any journey that used to take you 10 minutes now takes 45 so it's a pain in that like smart motorways there oh, what is a smart motorway oh uh, the speed changes constantly um so you be on the motorway and there'll be signs saying 50 60 70 but it changes depending on the traffic flow so it's right. not you never know what speed you're supposed to be going 
I'm sure it's just a plan to get more money out of people for speeding tickets. But they say it improves the flow, but it seems to slow everything down enormously. I don't know. It's the backing up. So, yeah, that, that's what the focus, the focus has been on. Do what feels good first, and then you're more likely to get into action. So and in the studio, what, how, what that has looked like, it's, meant, it's just meant that I've had a lot more fun. And actually, certain paintings that, that have been in stuck stage for a while are no longer stuck because I've just, you, know, you just have to keep telling yourself over and over and over again, well, if it's not right as it is, what have I got to lose by making some changes to it? That's it. Right then, so for our main topic, let's try and pull this together a little bit. If the point of all of this is that feeling good in the first place is more likely to get you making the kind of work that you want to make, we've got a couple of angles on this then. How can you build that into your practice? And also this idea of taking it into how you learn best what suits you best in terms of how you're going to progress your work and we're just going to touch on this idea of workshops with other people versus what comes from you centrally I suppose maybe that's where the difference is one comes from you internally and the other thing is something else that you bring into your practice externally Mm. and I think that there is a space for both I think they're both very helpful um but perhaps some of us have more of a leaning to either ignore one, ignore the personal element of it, and to rely too heavily on what comes in from the outside. Is that something that you see? Definitely. I definitely see people. And I don't mean to judge because if it, if it gives you pleasure and enjoyment, I think you should keep doing what feels good. But there are definitely people who love taking workshops, love mm. taking courses, love learning from other people. And it might be that that fires up their own work in a way it doesn't for me. Tends for me, I keep finding to throw me off. Right. With with a few exceptions where something has been really valuable. But perhaps it's because I'm a bit um, easily influenced. Because I'm quite... I hate it when people say, oh, I'm an empath and, and I'm affected by everyone. I'm not an empath, but I am quite affected by what goes on around me. If I take a workshop, I tend to absorb it all. And if it's, yeah. a, te- if it's a teacher who's teaching you how to work like they do, then that just throws me off because I don't work that way. I don't know what to do with it. If it's a workshop that teaches you how to find your own way, with just some key ideas then that's what can really set me off and but but so yes to answer the first question I do see people who take all their inspiration externally and very little internally and I think I tend now towards the second but I have tried to bring in some external things recently I have signed up for a few things trying to bring that in yeah with some success in some cases and not so much in others and I, I think as well that it, it's to do with perhaps where you are in your creative journey. And I think it's almost inevitable at the beginning. That's what we look to. I mean, I mean, I did a lot in books before, before the Internet existed. 
you know there's a there's a lot of books there's a lot of uh live workshops there was a lot of learn learning the skill and it's very difficult to do that by yourself it's very difficult to find the motivation to do that by yourself and actually you know it's it's not used we learn from being taught things we learn from seeing others do it in front of us we learn from the ability to ask questions and have them answered we learn from other people who are also at the same stage as us and figuring the same things out they're learning at the same time i think that can be massively helpful um, to see other people go through the same process as well but i i bought something a couple of weeks ago and found the time to to watch it this week and um i was just interested really to see how somebody else taught this idea because it's something that I've been thinking of and and struggling with a little bit Um, but it was supposed to be about a course in abstraction and I watched all of it it wasn't very expensive but I watched it and I have to say if I had been a beginner it, it would have left me completely confused there was no constructive flow at all there was no opportunity for questions there was no opportunity for feedback I I, I think I would have just been so disappointed with it because it wouldn't have been helpful and this just led me back to this feeling of questions about why is it that we're so triggered into wanting to learn that way and perhaps what are some of the questions that we should be asking ourselves before we jump into learning that way because i i really believe that the answer to a lot of these things is in you in the internal in looking at your own work but there can be lots of situations where it's much much more fun to do that with other people than totally on your own so the question i'm trying to think of a situation where it's fun to do something with other people rather than (laughs) on your own i'm a bit stumped there you go you see but that's that's a really good that's a good question isn't it yeah and it, but it's interesting how even if so for me that would be that's quite a strong driver so that might be one of the things that I would look at in a course is what is the level of involvement with other people and is that going to be helpful for me at this time or not? Because there are times where you do just want to log in, follow something, do it on your own, introduce it in your own work. And then there are other times where you want it to feel a little bit more exciting and collaborative. So that would be one of the questions, wouldn't it? And I think it does change not only from person to person, but from time to time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I always found learning with other people a challenge like in actual classes and things I always found it frustrating because if you've got the idea and someone else is still saying but hang on I don't understand blah, blah, blah. I just always found that really I'm quite impatient to go come on don't be daft let's move on let's move on and often in a group of other people and I get drawn into this sometimes teaching online the teacher spends more time helping the people who are struggling than they do the per- the people who are getting it, doing well and wanting to go further. So um, I found that frustrating in real life workshops. I also find it difficult to be totally free with my painting if there are other people around. Um, less so now I'm a bit more confident, but when I was less confident, I wouldn't, you know, I find it a bit yeah. 
embarrassing to do something that looks really bad in front of a lot of other people whereas yeah. if I'm at home on my own I can be free to do that um and I, I still have that it's like people say to me can we see more of you videoing of you you working you painting it's like oh because you know I I mean I mean I suppose the answer to it would be to record it and then do it rather than to do it live but then I'd yeah. get all controlly about it and it's still sitting in the back of your mind people are watching this they're and it goes through all sorts of muddles and I know that sometimes that's good to watch but it's not it's very difficult because in a way it's not actually representative of the way that you usually work then so this whole consciousness about working while being watched but that presumably applies much more to an in-person workshop situation for you rather than something that you take online where you're working independently does it yeah and I don't mind because I film myself painting for my course every year for 10 weeks and I edit the videos and I don't mind doing that um and I do show models and messes, but because I can edit it, I can take all the boring bits out. Yeah. Or if it really doesn't, if it comes out really badly and is no help to anyone to learn from, I can just say, okay, I'm not going to share that one. I'll do something else. But I don't mind sharing. Yeah, I don't mind doing that um, for some reason. Maybe it's because, like I say, I'm more confident now than yeah. I was in the past. Um, and I think if I was on an in-person workshop now, and when I came to yours in Yorkshire, I wasn't worried what anyone thought about what I was doing. So I think that's more of a past thing or a beginnery thing. But I do, uh, what I find for me is the key thing, like I, I mentioned is, are they going to show me how they work? Because if so, I'll just not enjoy it. And um, I might pick up a few nice techniques that might be interesting, but in the end, I'm interested in finding my own way, not someone else's. What I loved about your workshop that you did in Yorkshire was it was very much find your own way. Yes, the, the tutor is going to give you exercises or assignments or things to help you find your own way. That's what I like. Um, but then no kind of um, and then you apply paint in this way and then you do that. Oh, you've used the wrong colors. Oh, you know, that, that it just doesn't interest me. So I like teaching and that's reflected in the way I teach people I like teaching that is about just go do it find your own way with some guidance and I think that's a really valid question um, to ask yourself and this sounds like I'm really anti online art workshops I'm not at all I think they can be great but I think what's interesting is is notice what you're drawn towards so when you're feeling that maybe you see something that somebody's doing and you think oh that looks really good um i'd really like to to do that and some of us will just jump in and we won't necessarily think too much about it and of course the price point might make a difference on that sometimes you do just want to have your hand held and be led but that that question of why am i feeling drawn to this is really worth asking and then the second part of it is you know and is this workshop the right vehicle for me doing it I mean I'm fascinated with color I love using color I love learning about color it's something that I'm it's really key in my work Um, but I don't I don't necessarily want to learn about color in the same way that other people want to teach it 
So I've been really pulled towards doing things and then actually held back for it because, okay, there might've been some physical limitations like the time or, you know, how much time do I want to spend doing it? But actually what it's done is it's prompted me to go back to my studio and think a little bit more carefully about how I use color, how I plan it, how I mix it, how conscious I am about using it in my own work. And it's almost like, I don't really feel that I need to have done that course about it in order for it to be helpful for me. It's almost like this is a signpost for you to go back, go internally, think about your own practice a little bit more and figure it out for yourself. Um, But of course, maybe I just don't know what I'm missing. No, but I I know what you're saying because I did take a course um, an online course recently that's primarily about design and um, that's where I feel I often need help it's just is my weak point and it was helpful in some ways I'm definitely glad I took it it was it was an evergreen one which means the tutor's not involved anymore and there's nobody to ask questions of yeah um, but that was fine and I did pick up bits from it but it also as you say it was a flag to me that I need to go back and look at what's going on in my paintings myself. And um, so I didn't do the exercises, the workshop set. I watched the videos, most of them, but then I went back and did this thing that I talked about the other week of looking at my own paintings in black and white and analyzing and making notes. And I got way more out of that. Now I might not have had, I not signed up for that thing first, but I got so much more out of looking at my own things. And, um, the, and for design, what I did was to take crops in, fo- you know, in my photo app of things I really liked in my paintings. And that, right, that's a painting right there, but it's a tiny corner. And then, and then print it out as that and write notes about it. And why is that a good design compared to what I've got? Um, and so it was a bit like doing homework for myself, but, but so useful. And I think I could have got that from a class or a coach, but I'm happy I got it from myself because and the course that you someone else is different and getting it myself. Yeah. And also the, the thing that you took was a little bit of a trigger in, in for you doing that. Yeah. And it was, yeah. that was a good course. Um, it was good, but like you say, with online courses, this is why I've never I've kept thinking, should I put my course out for people who can't afford the full thing as an evergreen thing at a lower price Mm. with just the videos but I I think with anything like that there's there is a need for interaction with a tutor and somebody even if it's not personal someone who's constantly listening to what's going on and then addressing it in a Mm. Q&A call or something so that Mm. you get I, I just don't feel like mine would really work very well it's a different feel I think and in in evergreen things it's easy to take them and never actually do them because there isn't that time sensitive situation so okay then so external things in terms of courses um what is it that you want to learn is this signposting you towards something that perhaps you could just create your own focus around um how are you actually going to benefit from this so how is this actually going to feed into your own work is this something that your own work that you need to develop where your own work is going to benefit are you doing this for pure entertainment if you're doing it for pure entertainment for social for enjoyment fantastic but be clear about how you're actually going to 
benefit from this, how it's going to contribute towards what you do. Um, I think it really helps this idea of how do you like to learn? Is it a distraction having other people there or do you really like it? And in most, most courses, you even with whatever is available, it pays to know that everything that is on offer, you don't have to do everything that's on offer. So the fact that there are live show up classes or Q and A's, you don't have to be there live for them. You can watch it later. You can watch it in your own time. So you can take control of your own habit of learning and in almost a pick and mix from what is available to you. So understanding how the course is structured and how that suits how you like to learn. And part of that is, do you actually have time for this? I mean, the, the biggest thing is, the saddest thing is, it's not the time thing, is it? It's the fact that you have maybe invested in something and then you haven't followed through with it. And we all have a certain amount of time and a certain amount of money because last time I looked there weren't money trees um, and for me one of the questions that I've always asked myself is when I'm looking at something and I'm thinking what what is the investment in it could I also learn this myself by investing that in better materials more materials is that actually going to get me closer towards what it is that I'm searching for? Sometimes the answer is yes, and sometimes it's no. But even asking yourself that question, I think is really, really good because you're not looking, even if you're looking and you want to learn a feeling, for example, say you want to learn to be more, more free in your work, say you want to learn to be more expressive, you can learn that from taking a course from seeing somebody else painting. But at the end of the day, you've still got to come back to your studio, have the materials, have the space available and actually do it yourself. So maybe you could skip that skip and just try it yourself first. Mm. Don't know what the answer is on that one, but it certainly does help to just do it. And even then, even if that exposes where your gaps are, then that will help you kind of look more carefully at what you need to go next. Um, I think your point about are you easily influenced is a really good question and worth asking about, as well as what is the pace. And then when you've done all of that, then what I like to do is come back and think, well, say you've decided that a certain workshop is not for you, how are you going to set it up? Or how are you going to set up something for yourself so that you get all of those needs in your art met, but you do it under your own parameters? And like I say, the biggest holdup for me of that is that I like doing things with other people. And sometimes it's a bit difficult to do it on your own. Yeah. I suppose you could set up if that you, you like doing things with other people, you could easily ask a bunch of people, do you want to get together on Zoom once a month yep. or once a week and do work on colour together? And, yep. you know, couldn't you? You could pick people. And that brings me to, I'm much less analytical than you and I tend to sign up for things a lot. But one key thing, apart from, is it going to be free and let me do what I want? The other thing is, and it sounds really stupid, but do I like the person who's teaching it? Yeah. or do they annoy me in some way and it's not their fault but is there something about them that grates on my nerves because yes. if I'm going to watch videos constantly online particularly or if I'm going to go to an in-person workshop and you don't always know that with in-person workshops but with online you've usually seen the person do free things first yeah so 
do they get on your nerves? And there are a few people online who teach what looks to me like really good stuff, but I know I can't bear it. I just can't do it. And people must feel like that about me. They must. Um, and it's okay to feel like that and just say to yourself, okay, if I can't learn it from that person, is someone else teaching the same thing? Yeah, because they probably are. Uh, you know, or something similar that I like better that doesn't annoy me as much. <laughs> but I always wonder, like, who are those people who are saying that about me? There's going to be people saying, oh, they're probably not listening to the stand. podcast if they no, do. No, because they? they won't be able to stand listening to me. No. They'll be like that one with her funny Yorkshire accent. But people, you brought up a few months ago, somebody who said he'd had people write to him saying, do you know that you always say this certain word? Do you know that you touch your hair too often? And do you know that you, and I'm, after you told me that for a while, I was really self-conscious thinking, which, you know, oh, I use that word too often. Or I, I, I know I do that thing. And if the person doesn't annoy you, those things go by without you noticing. But if for some reason... And usually I think people annoy you when you see yourself in them somehow, something about yourself yes. you don't like. So, but when that happens, you do pick on it and you do notice it and you can't stand it. And then it's worse and worse and worse and worse. <laughs> so, so find someone you like because you won't listen to them or do what they're suggesting unless you really like them. Yeah. And that is a really good point, actually. Are you actually going to do it? Like, yeah. you know, you say when you say because you, you won't do what they're what they're suggesting. And this one that I bought, there was a little bit of a problem because they weren't actually really suggesting that you do anything. That's why I think if I was a bit, I'd have been completely lost. I was was like, it just, just demoing? It wasn't really even any demos. I don't know. It was just a bit weird. Anyway, so um, but I think that's a re- are you actually going to do it? And this comes back then to the second part of it, which is what? I've been working from is like what do you do like what is it actually at the moment that's holding you back from doing the kind of work that you want to do and how do you get into that space of feeling good working creatively in a way that feels it's it's motivation isn't it basically it's, it's how to motivate yourself but I think that there are two different ways of doing it there's the push push kind of motivation which hands up I do you know here's a deadline here's a structure sometimes that helps um but and there's the, this other side of motivation which is like you're talking about it feels a little bit more relaxed it feels nice and I think that that maybe particularly even more at the moment than any other time is something that's just worth checking back on so are you looking for something else to help you over a hurdle where actually the issue is something that's probably not necessarily even art related it's to do with taking care of yourself making sure that you've got the time removing some other stresses so that the actual making work creatively just flows a little bit more naturally yeah I mean I was thinking when you said about feeling good that for the last probably year I've really been focused on that I'm not going to do a project unless I really think it's exciting so that I don't need to be motivated so that 
the motivation is internal. It's like it's a natural. fire gets lit inside you and you can't wait to be doing it again. You, you, whether it's painting or writing or whatever it is, something's, yeah, I, or even gardening or whatever, something's lit a fire under and you just can't wait to get back out there and start again. And I think I have a feeling that anytime with our painting, if we're not feeling that, mm-hmm. Yeah, it can be external pressures that are, are, are pushing too hard. But the solution to those external pressures is usually to go paint because we instantly feel better when we do that. Mm-hmm. And yet we don't. We, but often I've seen the problem is that the person is stuck, and I count myself in this, because they're trying to do something that's not flowing naturally. So um, for myself, when I got stuck with these paintings, I think I got too much into thinking. We talked about that on the podcast. I got too thinky, too obsessed with literally translating these poems and living up to what I thought they were and all of that. And it just got too, too much and I lost myself in it. Once I relaxed and just started trusting that having read all of them as much as I have and visited all the places and done all the sketches and that if I just relax, things will come out. Then it started to be really fun. Good yep. days and bad days, days when the paintings are not great or not. It's enjoyable enough that I can't wait to get back to it. And on the days like today, cause I've got a lot of other things I can't get to it. I know by this evening I'll be itching. Yeah. Can I, can I get a few hours over there to do it again? So, and I know, I know, I know we don't all have the luxury of that because we have full-time jobs and we have kids and we have parents to look after and all of that. But what I have learned in the last few years has been true for me is the more you follow what really feels good, the more it opens doors and makes things happen. And the more you try and force things that don't feel good, the more stuck and negative things get. Yeah. And the more often that you go through that, I think you learn differently. So we've all been in a situation where for whatever reason, kids off school, all sorts of things, we haven't been doing anything creatively and I can feel it like a physical tension and it, it builds then it builds into a big thing of like, you know, whatever you go back to has got to be good, be different. Um, and I think that it's, it's sometimes very difficult to dive back into something deep and meaningful. And that's why I often do restart with something small or with something that is a little bit mindless that perhaps might involve the physical space, like your lid washing exercise, Mm -hmm. because it gets you back into just being within that space where things start to flow a little bit more normally. And so I think it's a really, it's an equally important part of it. And like people were asking me last week, so with this studio time tracking, what counts and what doesn't and it's a very difficult there isn't a definitive answer to it I mean I do it just because I'm a I do find that it it motivates me it kind of keeps me on check it's a very good balance if I can look back if I feel like I'm off track if I look back at my diary you can bet your bottom dollar that I feel off track because I actually haven't been 
doing as much work as I should have been. So that's why I do the tracking. That the whole thing about what it shows you about what your work and how quickly you make and all those kind of things is just fascinating from a slightly nerdy point of view. But this question about what counts and what doesn't is very it's very difficult to have a definitive answer to. So you know what doesn't count for me is being out and about drawing in a sketchbook when I'm out and about because I'm not actually in the studio doing it but actually if I'm in the studio washing washing paint lids sometimes that does count because that's part of tying you back into your space which you know is a really important part of getting that momentum going again so I think I think patience with yourself is really important in this um I've had good opportunity this week to practice patience with telephone companies and mobile phones that are still not working two weeks after they've been um, <laughs> paid for and finally on one afternoon on the fifth time of calling and getting through to somebody and she just said oh well you could just do this this and this with the old sim card and I'm like well, why did nobody tell me that three weeks ago but you know very glad I'm not doing that job practice patience practice patience <laughs> Um, yeah, but this idea of just resetting your emotional balance, I think, all the things, music, outside, walking, doing things that help other people, making sure that what you're spending your time on is meaningful, getting enough sleep, all of that stuff. It's really, it's dull, it's predictable. But if anybody's it's, got any tips on that, by the way, people always write me nice emails after the podcast. Um, uh, if anybody's got any tips on how to get more sleep when you're in your 50s I would really love to know because that is my biggest problem in feeling good how yeah to- I can't I, getting enough sleep is really difficult for me now and I feel like I'm skimming on the edge of being asleep mm-hmm. and then when I wake up I'm really tired I could go to sleep at 7 30 when I wake up then I could crash for a few hours but then I've got to get up and deal with the dog and everything so um but yes i agree with everything else and i agree with sleep i just if anybody's got any tips do send me any herbal (laughs) remedies or anything i don't want to start taking sleeping pills but hot bath is good because your as your body cools down that triggers sleep does it Mm. okay on my list yeah hot bath before bed mug of cocoa i had my first mug of cocoa i had my first mug of cocoa and hot water bottle this week Oh, do you know what I discovered? I was so annoyed when we went to Scotland. On the last morning, I discovered there was an electric blanket on the bed, which I hadn't known about. And I love electric blankets. I don't have one at home because I don't need it. It's warm enough in the house. But that would have been really nice to have a cosy electric blanket when I went to sleep. If it's warm enough in the house, maybe it's too warm in your bedroom, though. Yeah, I have. I always, always have the window open. Oh, okay. It's freezing. I like because because it's too warm. It is too warm. The house is really just a warm house. But um, anyway, we're off topic now. Okay. All those things. I think. I think one of the ones I loved on your list in the notes, which appeared while I was watching, was um, change what you can, accept what you can't. Yeah. Always the hardest thing. But in those times I have to practice that a lot when I can't paint and I really want to or I can't do the thing I really want to just accept it because otherwise I'll feel irritable and grumpy with everybody all day like Mm. there's no point in fighting against the reality of the situation no but we do it anyway we do it all the time and this is this that's the key point isn't it then that it becomes more about managing your emotional state 
rather than whatever is going on around you and that's why it's 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 not an easy thing to do but it's kind of an essential thing to do and then I think it just flows a little bit more easily well let's hope so you said that when you go into the studio now you're feeling good painting it's you're painting it's feeling good it's you know you're enjoying it what what this is a hard question but what does that look like like what is the difference between you when you're feeling like that and the work's flowing and you when you're not and it's not flowing I think it's a degree of not caring so much which is why it's tricky because I do care because I do want to make good paintings whatever that is I do want to make paintings that I like um but perhaps at the moment I'm more interested in exploring new processes I I think I'm more confident in being able to uh, manage and balance whatever the outcome of a painting is and know that I can adjust it later closer towards something that I I, I'm more confident in my ways to resolve it so I'm happier to go in and play a little bit more randomly Um, and that's that's a constant thing do you know that hasn't changed in the last seven years of painting this balance between when you play and when you address and pull things back into into space again and I, I don't think it will ever change and I think we just have to be and that's to do with the particular type of painting that I'm interested in doing if I was interested in more representational work or doing portraits or something like that my area of interest would be different and I would be pulled to making a different kind of work as a result but the kind of work that I'm interested in, it's always about what that balance is. So what it actually looks like physically at the moment, interestingly, is um, mi- mixing, a mixing paint in a different way. And it, this is something to do with the stage of the painting that I'm at as well. I am being more conscious of the colors that I'm using and mixing them more carefully because I'm at that stage where the color makes such a difference and I'm interested in these subtle graduations of color and the nuances. So I, I'm, I'm at the point where I really need to pay attention to that now because it's all very well making a mark that gesturally and, you know, the paint looks luscious, but if it's the wrong color, then it's not a color that I want to be part of the painting. It hasn't actually got me anywhere in terms of making that, painting move forward it's just created another problem and sometimes creating problems in our painting is actually a great way to help us move forward because then you've got something clear that you've got to resolve and it takes you into new territory and you you've got to come back and work out what your solution to it is going to be but at the moment uh, it, it seems to be more about being more careful so I'm working with blues a lot a lot of different types of blue and just just really enjoying that playoff between you know the warmer blues and the cooler blues and where they're grayer and where different bits of brightness come through and so it's about that kind of focus I've, I've just got that kind of concentration it's not really about the design part at all because I've Mm-mm. got that either set up or I know that I can bring that back in again later in the paintings mm. that I've got. So 
yeah that's what it looks like the difficult thing is when you get to the stage where you know when you know a painting is done which is always the difficult thing but you know I, I think if I look at the ones that I've got at the moment and I think there's seven big ones on the go I could put them in order of how close they are to being done I think and that's quite a good sign yeah one of the things you really helped me with a few years ago was when you said um every painting doesn't have to do everything yeah and that has so helped me to finish paintings it's like okay it's really good at this one thing and that's enough mm. and I don't have to keep perfecting 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 um so I I'm better at letting paintings feel finished recently um, and just say it's really good at that one thing and I'm okay that it doesn't also do these other 15 things but I've also uh, I had an experience with this really big red mostly red painting that I was just loving and well I was loving the reds but I wasn't loving the painting and the more I worked on it the more it wasn't working and I just went into it the other day with that not caring approach and sanded all of the red off apart from a bit and got some lovely textures and then spent about an hour and a half painting on it and now it's almost done and I'm really happy with it and it's different from anything else I've done before in the color palette in the way I've worked on it but again it's that not caring it's okay I'm, I could work on this red thing for months and keep struggling with it but for some reason it's not working so why don't I just not bother about that and get rid of it so I think we're saying because I always say this to my um, students you have to both care enormously and not care at all you have to care about your work overall so much that you want to keep working and learning and getting better mm. and you have to not be attached to any particular piece that's the better way of doing it about not not being attached and keeping your eye on what the the bigger long-term goal is and i think with with all of the things that stop us, they're often small and immediate things that stop us. So if we can kind of redirect our attention back towards something that's bigger, that's a little bit more expansive, it helps us to get moving again. And so unattached is better than not caring. And the other thing that I've, I think that really helps me when I'm at a stage of, of feeling stuck is retaining the idea of wanting to have your work always surprise you. And, um, you know, not to have it too wrapped up. And one of the ones that, that I really enjoyed earlier on in the week, and it was a great painting early on. The first stage of it was really strong. Like the design was good. The color was interesting. It was a bit, you know, it was a bit flat. It wasn't there. It's been through so many changes that have gone, you know, really quite off in a, in a difficult direction. And then I brought quite a lot of structure back to it, but it felt too obvious and too considered and, so I, I didn't like it. So first stage was literally just mess it up with a whole load of cadmium red, like just like, because I've really messed it up then I can't do anything. And I think I mentioned that last week. And then, then I've come back to it again with right, right now what? And actually it was a, it was a simple move of reintroduce something that was softer, but thinking bigger in scale over the whole painting. And it's kind of united it all. And it surprised me and it's not finished there are still things that I need to go back and fine-tune in it but I think it was that point of when a painting surprises you back again then you know when you're getting somewhere that's exciting yeah and that's when it gets close to being finished and that's yeah. the bit that's fun
Okay, let's wrap this up then quickly. What's inspired you this week? Oh, my my friend, I've spoken about my friend before. He's a writer, Jonathan. He um, he was asked to write a play. He was asked to write an episode of a three-part series for Radio 4 um, earlier at the beginning of the year. And then he wrote the first part and then the other writer was too busy. So they asked him, could you just write the whole thing? So it's a three-part series. And he's a teacher and it's a play about education. And it's called Trust and it's on iPlayer on Radio 4 and it's by Jonathan Hall and I'm so so proud because at the beginning at the end they say Trust was written by Jonathan Hall and it stars Julie Hesmond Hulk who's a famous British actress and she's fantastic in it but the thing that really inspired me about it was he told me about it came out about a month ago and I didn't listen to it. I was busy. I didn't get around to it. But also I was partly thinking, oh, it's about education and I won't like it. And then what will I say? Because I don't really know anything about education. Uh, It is so good. And you don't need to know about education. It's about a comprehensive school being moved into an academy trust and the headmistress trying to cope with the new policies and the new ideas and it is so funny, so moving. It's just, and her mother has Alzheimer's, so she's working full time, but she's got a mother with Alzheimer's that she's dealing with, and her mother's just keeps doing crazy things, but not in a silly way. It's so human. And so, unfortunately, if you're not in Britain, I don't think you can listen to it. But if you are in Britain and you're painting, it's just a lovely, cozy, interesting. I think it's slightly political, but not really um, yep. play. And it's excellent. So anyway, I'm just super in, proud and inspired. And last night I texted him. I said, oh my God, I've listened to two parts and it's so, so, so good. You're so clever. That's good. That's what really good. That's exciting. Um, me, I have really enjoyed, uh, in the feel-good vein, we have been watching Ghosts on BBC. Did we talk about that last week? No, we talked about Bake Off last week. I'm so sorry. You can't watch this. Ghosts is, it's the story of a young couple who inherit a haunted house. Um, So it's got a whole load of ghosts in, all the way from um, kind of Neanderthal man, um, all the way through the era, including a politician who's lost his trousers, a guy who dialed, died in a duel. And you, you learn all the story of the ghosts and, and the woman, she can see them and hear them, but her husband can't. So they have these really funny scenes where she's talking to what looks like an empty room, but then you cut in and they're all the ghosts are there and they're all chatting away. And they're all the people from Horrible Histories. So I don't know if you know that Horrible Histories. Yeah. You know the books, right? Did you ever watch the TV series? I've seen bits. So it's all the same people from there. And it's just, it, I don't know, it's just so light, funny, silly, feel good, quite humorous. You know, the bit where you go through the story of how the guy died in the duel and Amy's like, oh, it's so sad. <laughs> uh, but we, we, we've watched the whole lot. We're done now. Two series in a week. But it's, it's been really, really good. What so, is that um, on? That's not an inspired. What's it on? It's on BBC. It's on oh. BBC. So we really, we really did um, enjoy that one. But what's inspired me really is people sharing positive results from things amongst this, this doom and gloom. And we need, you know, it's 
great that people keep doing that. And I know people are hesitant about sharing, like when something good happens because it feels a bit boastful or it feels like, oh, look at me, this went really well, but we need it. And, you know, what I see happening is people sharing like so somebody just shared that you know they they had an event the sales were three times bigger than last year um somebody else has just shared that they have you know they finally can see that they are working full time and the sales of the last 6 months are more than double their income that they went with before and it's not just about the money it's about the commitment to a belief in what you're doing and I think that that is so important at the moment it's not about the money it's about that betting on yourself it's about what we've been talking about this whole thing today about looking for where you get that motivation from doesn't matter get it from outside get it from within you work with other people i woke up this morning somebody's just had a small workshop that's gone ahead for the first time in a year and feeling great and we need this so if something good has happened to you in your life or in your art life please 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 don't be hesitant about sharing it because there will be somebody out there who will see it and it will give them a little boost. And we need those in our day. So it's the sense that, okay, if they can do that, that's possible then. Everything's not bad. Yeah. 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 We need the balance people. We need to get that seesaw going back the other way. So do your bit. That's it from us this week. We do have some questions, but we would really like to hear from you. And perhaps if anybody wants to be involved and come on, if something good has happened or if you've got something that you think people would be interested in that you would like to discuss, do let us know because we are planning out the next few months of topics. So the best way to send us that or to submit a question is go to, and you just put this into your browser, at bit.ly slash artjuice q capital q so that's bit dot ly slash artjuice q right that's how you can submit your questions or ideas for the podcast and we're going to be having a meeting and we're going to be reviewing and planning so it would be great to hear from you as always thank you for listening thank you for sharing we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you and we will see you next week bye bye Bye. Who's ringing me from Glasgow? Shall I answer it and put them on the podcast? (laughs) Hello. We're calling because you may have been involved in a road traffic accident. (laughs) Do you know what it's like? It's like reverse parking a car. You either do it right the first time or... Which I never, never do. (laughs) You never do that. Or, Or... You have to keep going again and again. Right, here we go. Okay, so that's for us. That's for us, for us, that's that's for us. (laughs) 